When it comes to fitness, exercise, and just movement in general, there are a few concepts that I believe every single person should be exposed to. And one of these concepts is the idea of the kinetic chain. The kinetic chain is basically an idea that joints in different parts of your body, they all interact and affect each other during movement. They're connected like a links of a chain, right? So you always have, you always hear that saying, like you're as strong as the weakest link. Well, that's the same holds true for when you're moving and how your body functions. With movement, there is a chain of events that needs to occur, whether you're running, jumping, squatting, or even just doing some core exercises. Your body functions as a system that needs to work together. And the one concept that I want to introduce and talk about in this episode is the concept of regional interdependence. Some of you may have heard of it, others may have not, but it's a concept that is very simple, but it's a very complex concept when you start to apply it to every single person because we all have slightly different movement dysfunctions, different movement strategies. And this is a simple concept that if we just get exposed to it, it will probably help our bodies tremendously. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. If you are enjoying all of these episodes, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and leave a helpful review for others to find this podcast. Please share anything that you've gained out of the episodes and something that has really helped you to elevate your performance. That would really mean a lot to me and I would love to hear any feedback from everyone that's listening. This week on the podcast, we are going to go over this concept of regional interdependence. This is not a geography lesson. This is actually deals with kinesiology and regional interdependence, or as others may have heard in the strength and conditioning world, the joint by joint approach. This is a simplified concept that Gray Cook, the physical therapist, and Mike Boyle, the strength coach, They've had this informal conversation years, decades ago, and it was really a new perspective that shifted the way that we saw how people move, how we applied rehab techniques, strength and conditioning techniques, and just made more sense of how the body needs to function and how the kinetic chain works together as a whole. I'm going to keep this episode short and sweet, and let's just break it down into two sections. And I will give my insights and my experience with it, but we are going to first just introduce the concept, and I'm going to keep this simple. We don't need to get all into the nitty gritty. This is just simplified so that we can understand how this will apply to you. And then after that, I want to talk about the application. And I'm just hitting the tip of the iceberg with some of the thoughts and ideas that I have, my experiences with this, and also how I apply it to help not only people that are injured, but also help people to perform optimally. So let's dive into it. So as I mentioned before, Gray Cook and Mike Boyle, they came up with this concept. And really, it's a very simple concept that applies to majority of situations. Of course, there's always going to be limitations, which we'll talk about a little later, but the concept itself, this has helped me tremendously. And before going on, I will preface by saying this. So it's no secret that 
I am a big functional movement systems person. I actually completed pretty much everything that they have to offer. I've gone through FMS. I've gone through the functional breathing screen. I've done SFMA, Selective Functional Movement Assessment, level one and two, which highly influences my practice. And just recently, I went through the online course, the Fundamental Capacity Screen, the FCS. So all of this, and Gray Cook has written about majority of these things in his original movement book, which I've gone through, and a lot of these concepts are there. So the reason why I say that is because regional interdependence, the concept is simple, but when you start to dive deeper and deeper and get a better understanding, and I'm not saying by any means that I have a very good understanding of this, because even for me, I've been practicing this since 2014. I'm still just hitting the tip of the iceberg compared to what they've developed with this system. But I do have some experiences and that's what I want to share today. So the concept of regional interdependence, or as Mike Boyle would have called it, the joint by joint approach. This refers to the concept, and this is coming straight out of the SFMA manual. This refers to the concept that seemingly unrelated impairments in a remote anatomical region may contribute to or be associated with the patient's primary complaint. Okay, so what does this mean in simple terms? It means one area of the body, it will influence and affect other areas of the body no matter how far away it is from that original point. So for example, let's say you have ankle dysfunction. That could potentially affect everything in your kinetic chain when you're moving, and that could present as shoulder problems later on if the original dysfunction is not addressed. Now, this is, again, a very simplified view of it, but just understanding that your body is connected. Everything affects everything else. When one area of the body cannot do its job, it's going to get help from other areas, or you're going to figure out how to carry out whatever task or activity that you're doing, but compensate around that area that's not doing its job. In other words, how you can look at this is the motor system needs to be considered in its entirety. The way that we move, it functions as a whole. And for me, I think this is kinesiology 101. It's Anytime you take an intro course, they talk about the kinetic chain. We intellectually understand that, okay, the kinetic chain, it works together as a whole. But this concept of regional interdependence is never really introduced. And I can say that because this is all my postgraduate certification courses that I got introduced to this joint by joint approach or regional interdependence. And that really was a game changer for me. When it was made this simple, just to get the big picture, this really helps you to figure out how can you improve someone's movement? How can you get them out of pain or injury? But also, how are they performing and what kinds of things may help to elevate their performance or their physical fitness in general? Now, Gray Cook and Mike Boyle, I mean, this is majority of their findings, but they weren't the first one to come up with this kinetic chain concept or understanding the interdependence and relationship between your joints of your body. It actually was dating back to 1960s. So one of the famous or well-known physicians and physical therapists, Vladimir Yanda, he came up with this concept that he would constantly state that the motor system needs to be understood and needs to be addressed as a whole. We can't just look at isolated parts because that is not how they function when we start to move in more functional movement patterns. Now to elaborate on this more, Gray Cook, one of his quotes that I really like that really 
encapsulates what we're talking about here. He states that the observation of whole movements may redirect and broaden the clinical focus by revealing limitations unrelated to the medical diagnosis, but pertinent to restoration of normal function. And what he's saying here is that when we start to broaden our view and we start to focus more on entire movement patterns, that really helps to get us to restore normal function. Again, it might not be that related to the medical diagnosis. So for example, the medical diagnosis might be patellar tendonitis in your knee or MCL sprain in your knee. And that's what we have to treat. So by no means am I saying to disregard the medical diagnosis. We still have to treat that. But in order to restore normal function, that's where beyond the medical diagnosis, there's a lot of things that we have to address to get them back to normal movement patterns. And that's what we're looking at is we need to broaden our perspective to make sure that we're addressing movement as a whole, the kinetic chain as a whole, and making sure that we understand this concept of regional interdependence or this joint by joint concept. Okay, so that's the tip of the iceberg, the intro of what we're talking about. So what exactly is this concept of regional interdependence? It is extremely simple, but don't let that fool you on how complex this can get when we're actually applying it from person to person. So here's the concept. Regional interdependence is the relationship of mobile and stable segments or joints within the body. And the concept is that the body works in an alternating pattern of stable segments connected by mobile joints. And when this pattern is altered, that's when dysfunction and compensation will naturally occur. And again, this is a very simplified version to look and understand the kinetic chain. Now, I don't want this to be misperceived as when I say a stable joint, it means that you don't need mobility because all joints need adequate range of motion and mobility to function well. Now, the difference between a mobile and a stable joint is that a stable joint is primarily a hinge joint. It primarily functions in one plane of motion, which I'll explain a little bit more in depth. And a mobile joint is one that has more degrees of freedom, primarily functions in multiple planes of motion. And that's the difference between mobile and stable joints. So to give you the example of how this works in the alternating fashion, like they're stating, is let's work from the ground up. So the ground, your ankle is a relatively mobile joint. It's meant to move in all three planes. Now you can go and look in the foot, the foot and the arch structure that is supposed to be primarily more stable because it doesn't have too many degrees of freedom. But let's start at the ankle. So ankle is mobile and moves in all three planes of motion. Moving up, the knee, the next joint, that's a relatively stable joint. It's your hinge joint again, that is primarily flexion and extension, bending and straightening your knee. Then let's move up to the hip. That's your mobile joint. It's meant to move in all three planes of motion again. Your lumbar spine, which is your lower back region, that is primarily a stable segment. It's not meant to do much more than flexion and extension. Yes, it does a little bit, but primarily flexion and extension. Moving up the spine, your thoracic spine, your 12 bones of your thoracic spine, your middle of your back, that is primarily a more mobile segment. So that means that's where we get more of our rotation, our side bending, and that's why it's considered more mobile. Now let's go up the spine for a second. So your lower cervical spine, the, your neck region, that is where it is primarily more a segment of stability. 
It's mostly responsible for more flexion and extension, bringing your chin down to your chest and looking up. When we get to the upper cervical, so between your OA joint, C1, C2, that's where we get more of our lateral bending and our rotation in our cervical spine. We get majority of it there. So that's your mobile joint. So you can see how everything was alternating. Stable segment, mobile segment, stable segment, mobile segment. Now let's pick up from the T-spine now. So your T-spine was mobile, how I said before. Your scapulothoracic joint, this is how your shoulder blades connect or are congruent with your ribs. This is primarily a stable joint. It doesn't have multiple planes of motion. It's primarily sliding along your ribs and it's supposed to be stable in that fashion. Now moving on out to the shoulder. Your glenohumeral joint, this is your true shoulder joint where your arm bone connects to your shoulder blade. This is where we get a lot of mobility. That's why we can throw the ball. That's why we can do overhead presses. That's why we can reach behind our body. Now going down your arm, your elbow is primarily stable, primarily meant to bend and flex, flex and extend, and our wrist is relatively mobile. So your wrist can move in all three planes. Now you can see how this trend happens throughout the body. So stable joints alternating with mobile joints, that allows us to move properly and use our body muscles everything to control movement in a more functional fashion. Now this is the overall concept and of course it has limitations. Understanding some of these limitations have actually helped me to apply this even better when I'm interacting with patients or figuring out what is the plan of action and how am I going to intervene to make the biggest improvement for each person. Now, when I say that it has limitations, I do think that this is a very good, good tool. Like any other tool, and this is something that I repeat often, is a tool needs to be used appropriately. If you have a drill, right, but you need to saw a piece of wood, the drill is not going to be very effective at sawing that piece of wood. Yeah, it might be able to get the job done, but it's going to be super inefficient. Probably the wrong application to even try to attempt this instead of just going to find a saw. So you need to understand that every tool has its strengths and also has its weaknesses. This is another tool again. It's another tool in my tool belt, understanding this concept of regional interdependence, which ties into SFMA very closely. But it's understanding that I need to apply this tool to the best of its ability so that I can get the most information, most value out of using this tool. And that's what I want to talk about next is the application. So a lot of this, yes, we are looking at mobility initially and there's many reasons this is a whole that would be a whole nother podcast episode as to why we're addressing mobility and what kinds of things we're looking at for mobility but in a nutshell we are trying to address some mobility issues to help to free up how the body moves and how this kinetic chain functions as a whole so the application is if mobility is lacking, the concept is stable segments will sacrifice stability to contribute to gaining the lost mobility. So let's give an example. Let's say your hips are getting very, very restricted and you're losing range of motion in your hips. And there's a lot of research that connects these two or shows some type of correlation or relationship between your hips and your back. If your hips are getting really tight, 
your lumbar spine or your lower back is going to try to help out. It's going to probably sacrifice stability to try to access more range of motion and help out with the lack of mobility in the hips. I will say that one more time. So if your hips are getting really tight, your lumbar spine is going to say, okay, let's give up some stability. Let's help the hips out. Let's help to move a little bit more so that we can get the mobility that our body needs to carry out movements. The reason why this is a problem is because now you have the spine that shouldn't be extremely mobile, sacrificing some of that stability. So giving up that stable spine Now it's going to start to move more through your spine to help out the hips. And because of that, you're opening up yourself to dysfunctional movement, but also probably back pain, back injuries, and other things like that. And that is one example of many. But the bottom line here, the message is that if one area of the body is not doing its job, compensation and help from other areas of the body is going to start to creep in and when one area of the body is offering help for a job that it's not responsible in doing that's when it's not going to be very good at doing both of the jobs so it's going to compromise on one end and because of that you're going to have subpar function in that region of the body so in application Really, the traditional medical model, and this is important to evaluate and assess what is happening locally, but the traditional medical model looks at parts of the body in isolation. And what we're saying is that you need to treat that area. But beyond that, we need to look at how the body works together with movement. The body is works in concert with all of these different joints and all of the relationships with different parts of the body. And we need to make sure that those relationships, the interdependence of how different joints function together, that is what's going to help you not only decrease injury or rehab injuries, but it's also going to help you to move optimally and elevate your performance. So what I want to touch on here is the medical diagnosis itself, it does not guide rehab treatment. Now, people might be thinking and questioning, what do you mean by that? The reason is the medical diagnosis, it provides us with pretty much contraindications. What not to do to protect the injured tissue, the damaged tissue. What to avoid rather than an actual treatment plan. Once we address and treat the local area, now we need to come up with a plan to guide your rehab so that you get back to normal function. And again, the normal function is looking at the whole body, that kinetic chain concept, regional interdependence, joint by joint approach, and understanding what we need to do to progress you to make sure that that joint, the treated area, gets integrated back into your system so that you can function optimally. Again, the medical diagnosis is pretty much just giving us tissue healing times, what types of restrictions there are, and what we should avoid. So another way to look at this is that there is a difference between the source of the injury and the cause of the injury, or the symptom and the cause. Basically, orthopedic evaluations, what we do on the medical side, this will uncover the source or the symptom. It's pretty much telling us this is what's happening locally. This is how it's presenting as a problem. And really what we need to do is find out, okay, as we brought in that perspective and look at the body as a whole, what is the cause of this? Or even what types of things might cause more stress to go into that area that we just treated or diagnosed? And this is where... I won't go too in-depth into this, but this is where the Selective Functional Movement Assessment has really helped me out a lot. All throughout the years, this logic 
the concept and practicing applying this tool more effectively has really helped me to treat patients, clients, and athletes and get the progress and the results that we are looking for. So once we treat the area, I am now looking at how are we going to integrate this segment, this joint, this area back into your system as a whole and how to progress towards more functional movement. And this is again where the SFMA system kind of creates a roadmap for me to really focus on what's the priority, what do I need to target first, and really progress from there. And many times it is addressing areas that are relatively far away from the area that I was treating. So if it's in the knee, maybe it's addressing ankle, maybe it's addressing T-spine, maybe it's addressing the hips. It's usually somewhere along the kinetic chain that is going to contribute to dysfunctional movement that I am going to start to target in on. Now, the last thing that I want to say about this is for the SFMA, if it's not a mobility problem, because I think oftentimes we get too focused on just mobility. Now, don't get me wrong. Mobility is extremely important and that is a whole different talk, but mobility is extremely important for a wide range of reasons. But if people do not have a mobility deficit or dysfunction, if it's not a mobility problem, then there's other components that we have to address. We have to address on stability, motor control, how they're controlling certain ranges of movement. We need to get them in condition. We need to work on strength. We need to work on endurance. So all of these other things factor in into how their kinetic chain is going to function. For me personally, my experience with regional interdependence, the SFMA, is it's just a lot more information that would have probably taken me a lot longer to discover if I did not have a system. And what I mean by that is the more information that I have as to how you're specifically moving, what some of your strengths and weaknesses are, how your kinetic chain functions as a whole, how different segments of the body contribute to that relationship as a whole. That really helps me when I'm making programs, when I'm rehabbing injuries, when I'm even making sense of what things you need whether I'm using a tool like Sparta Science or whether I'm programming someone just to do their off-season training program, I'm really making sense of all of this information that I'm gathering. And this is a, a good tool to extract more information for me to really understand what is going on with this person's movement and their body as a whole. It pretty much gives me like a blueprint of their movement. And that is something that is very useful for me to help this client or athlete even further. Now, the last thing that I want to say about this and my personal experience with regional interdependence is that the goal, again, is not to make everything not quote unquote dysfunctional because we're all going to have dysfunctional areas of our body. But if we understand how it's working together, that is the key component here. And of course, as long as we don't have any injuries or pain and all of that. So for example, I come across a lot of people that do not have pain, but they may have very dysfunctional ankles or hips or T-spine. Now, am I going to just correct the mobility deficits? No, because that might not necessarily be what they need for their body when they're moving, for their activity, depending what that requires, right? It's, again, giving me more information to really see what is the priority and how am I going to make their body function better. 
Now, I know that's a very general statement, but what I'm trying to get across is that we're all going to have dysfunctions and that doesn't mean that it's going to lead to injury and pain 100% of the time. Now, I'm not saying not to address those dysfunctions, but you have to make sure that we reintegrate it back into your system, the kinetic chain, to make everything work together. Because if you create more of an imbalance as you're trying to work on some of these dysfunctions, you might cause injuries You might make that person worse at their skilled activity or their sport, which is not what you want to do. So again, it's looking at how everything functions together. Everything needs to work in a certain harmony, and that is really what helps you to optimize your performance. In a nutshell, this is what regional interdependence is. This is my philosophy with it. The basic concept, how I apply it. Really, again, it's just the tip of the iceberg because this could be a conversation over several sessions. And there are a few takeaways that are key in this episode. So the first thing is to treat any symptoms, of course, if you have injuries, aches and pains. But just understand that that is only the source of the problem. It's not what may be potentially causing that problem, or it might not point you to the effect that it had on your kinetic chain and your entire body. So understanding treating the symptoms, but then associate any types of cause or areas that need to be addressed. And that's the second point. The second takeaway is to address the cause of the issue by looking at the kinetic chain in its entirety, the body and movement as a whole, because understanding how the relationship is between segments, joints, and how you're moving, That is really what's going to help you to figure out what kinds of strategies will really help you in the long term. Now, the next point, the third point is understanding the relationships of the kinetic chain. Again, it's that interdependence of how everything works together. Again, finding those weak links, finding the areas that you need to address to make sure that when you do integrate it back into movement, your body is that much better off. And the fourth point is that I utilize this for a lot of tune-ups, off-season training, trying to get people's body to just reset, get back to ground zero, that baseline. This is what I call a tune-up. So it's me understanding, okay, this was where your body was before, if they were a previous client. This is how you're looking now after the season, mid-season. What are things that we need to do to kind of get you closer to that baseline so that accumulative detrimental effects does not happen on your body? We want to be able to reset you back to baseline. And that's what I mean by tuning up is I'm looking at this joint by joint approach. I'm looking at what areas maybe are shutting down, what compensations are starting to creep in, what types of things do we need to address first, right? There's a priority list. I'm not just going to tackle everything at once because that might make them worst off in the short term. So it's understanding that I'm using this information again. I'm not getting tunnel vision just looking at one segment of the body, but I am trying to create a better balance as to how they're moving, how different segments of the body are interacting with each other, and the relationships of everything that's going on to get you to move better. That's the entire goal. Now, there are a lot of other professionals that utilize the SFMA concept, regional interdependence, or this joint-by-joint approach, and I really do learn a lot from other professionals, colleagues, things that I see, I read, journal articles, all of that, because it's all adding 
more pieces to this entire big picture or the puzzle of how we address movement and how we train more effectively. And this is where I want to close the segment just to introduce this concept to you. And it'll probably make a lot more sense as to if you're going to your coach, a strength coach, a physical therapist, an athletic trainer, if you're going to some place and they're really focusing on one area of the body, this might give you more insights as to how are you understanding how you're moving and how is this concept applying to your understanding of your body and really what needs to be addressed. And in a nutshell, I know this was a lot of information. Hopefully it was simplified enough. You can also find a lot more information about Gray Cook's perspective to regional interdependence, Mike Boyle's perspective, of course, to his joint by joint approach, which there's a lot of overlap because they've created this concept collaboratively and it's just something that is again a great tool that will help a lot of people and help you to understand that this is what movement is about this is how the body is meant to function and how to make more sense of why certain things are happening and what to address thank you again so much for listening that may have been a little longer than i anticipated but overall If you like these episodes, please share them. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That will really help with the growth of the show. And if you haven't already, go ahead and go to hnlmovement.com slash free, F-R-E-E, and get a copy of my free ebook. It's called Essentials to Elevate Your Performance, and it has a lot of basic habits, things that you can apply immediately that will help to get you maybe over that plateau, help you start to make more progress and really help to elevate your performance. I really enjoy making all of these episodes. Thank you again for tuning in. And I will be back here same time, same place next week on the HL Movement Podcast. Have a great week. Aloha.